Did you know Bluff Country Feed and Seed in Mondovi is really growing to meet the needs of farmers? Matt has expanded his service area, and your animals can enjoy the expanded feed lines and bulk custom feed mixes right now. He also has seed for all your planting needs for next spring's planting. Visit Bluff Country Feed and Seeds website at bluffcountryfs.com to see what Matt and the crew can do for you. Chilson Motors with Gene Chilson, our sponsors of our Wax Farm Show podcast. At Chilson's Corner Motors of Kadat and Chilson Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram, we have an excellent selection of certified pre-owned Ram models to choose from. Purchase a certified Ram and receive our seven-year, 100,000-mile warranty and its factory-backed coverage from Ram. A certified Ram offers a great deal of confidence and peace of mind with a seven-year, 100,000-mile warranty. And we now have a great selection in stock and ready for immediate delivery. And ready to get those farm chores done. Absolutely. To see all the models, call, click, or visit Chilson's Corner Motors of Kadat on the corner of Highway 27 and X or Chilson Chrysler Dodge on Business Highway 53 or visit us on the web at chilson.com. And remember, let our family take care of your family. It's the Wax Midwest Farm Report podcast with Joe Welke, Kristen Smith, and me, Bob Bosold. Good morning. It's a Friday morning, and you've got Jill Welke here to do help you do your chores and get some information out there for you. Uh, first of all, it is the 20th of January, and I'm going to give a shout-out to my mom. It's her birthday today, and we've had discussions about how you don't say how old you are, so I'm not going to tell that part of it, but... If you see Carol Zimmerman today, give her a shout-out. It is her birthday. We're going to get to some other chores here. We've got quite a lineup. We're going to be learning about uh, some committees that House Representative Derek Van Orden has been appointed to and Corn U.S. Prospect, Export Prospects and the Outstanding Young Farmers finalists are going to be having a weekend for planning and completing. Uh, Bob talked to Amy Freeberg. She's part of the National Hay Association at World Dairy Expo, and that's going to be our long audio for today. And if I can sneak it in there, we'll be hearing from the USDA Farm Service Agency Administrator, Zach Dushino. He's from South Dakota, and he's got one of those names. It's got an awful lot of extra letters, so that's why I kind of stumbled a little bit on that one. But we've got a lot of chores to do and get uh, get our work done. we got markets. We've got weather. And speaking of weather, right now we're sitting at 24 degrees here in Eau Claire with the snow. And the snow is flurrying on me this morning as I came up. And a huge shout-out to all those snow- plow truck drivers out there. The roads were cleaned off as good as they could be and they were even dry so that was kind of refreshing to drive up on that instead of putting it in four-wheel drive and going and beyond the snowplow truck drivers there is the you know those guys that are cleaning out all the parking lots they're starting to get some pretty good mountains out there but they stay at it and clean it up for everybody so you can 
still walk. <laughs> and I was as I was walking to my garage this morning, I was wondering if there'd ever be a time when the tiny walking became part of some sport. Because, man, I've done a lot of little steps, so I didn't end up on my, you know, so I didn't get hurt. And I know there's an awful lot of people out there talking about walking those little bitty steps. Let's get back to our weather. A little bit on rant today, but today, high 25 and partial sun. So it sounds like those snow flurries are going to be wrapping up tonight, 18. Tomorrow, 26 and cloudy. Tomorrow night, 17. Sunday, 27, partial sun. Monday, 30. Tuesday, 29. Wednesday, 24. And Thursday, high of 20. But hopefully some partial sun to come out on those days. That's uh, Otherwise, our weather pattern looks like it's pretty quiet after we get through t- yesterday and today. Um, I did hear from Bob yesterday. He was wondering how much snow we got. And uh, I actually didn't text him back. I'm tempted to tell him we had two feet, but I have a feeling he probably would figure out that I was, uh, you know, pulling his leg. But anyway, we better get on to our chores because we've got a lot of stuff to cover here at Wax 104.5. Here we are at 501 on Wax 104.5, and it's time to hear from our national news. NBC News Radio, I'm Mark Mayfield. President Biden is offering his support to the people of California after storms slammed parts of the state in recent weeks. The country is here for you and with you. We are not leaving till things are built back and built back better than they were before. During his trip to the Central Coast on Thursday, Biden said officials are cautiously optimistic that the worst of the storms are over. The series of atmospheric rivers brought heavy flooding and left at least 21 people dead. Biden toured some of the damage and met with first responders, noting that FEMA and other federal help are on the ground. The White House says it will not negotiate on raising the debt ceiling. Deputy Press Secretary Olivia Dalton spoke to reporters on Air Force One Thursday and said Congress must raise the debt ceiling without conditions. Her comments came as House Republicans are demanding spending cuts to reduce the debt. The Supreme Court still doesn't know who leaked the bombshell abortion draft ruling. Brian Shook reports. In May, Politico published a leaked draft of a Supreme Court opinion on a case that eventually led to Roe v. Wade being overturned. The leak, which turned out to be accurate, led to a political firestorm and accusations of insider sabotage. A draft report out Thursday says the high court has no clue who leaked the draft. I'm Brian Shook. The State Department is launching a new program that's going to make it easier for U.S. citizens to sponsor refugees. The private sponsorship program called Welcome Corps is modeled on previous efforts by the department to resettle Afghans who fled when the Taliban took over and Ukrainians who fled the Russian invasion. In the initial phase of the program, private sponsors will be paired with refugees who have already been approved for resettlement in the U.S. And a man who was adrift in a sailboat in the Caribbean for more than three weeks said he survived by eating ketchup, garlic granules, and stock cubes. Elvis Francois was swept out to sea in December while making repairs off the island of St. Martin in the Dutch Antilles. You're listening to the latest from NBC News Radio. For those who work in acres, not in hours, Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Here we are, eight minutes after five o'clock, and it's temperature time here in Eau Claire. Twenty, I don't know if he said twenty-three, twenty-four degrees here. Snow flurries, Medford and Rice Lake, twenty-two each. Wausau, twenty-five and cloudy. Green Bay, thirty and snow showers. 
Marshfield, 25, cloudy. La Crosse, 28, Madison, 31, snow showers. And Milwaukee, 34, and cloudy. And today our high is not moving much. We're going to be a high of 25 with some partial sun after the snow flurries round up tonight. 18, tomorrow 26 and cloudy. And we've got to keep moving on, getting our chores done. And up next are the markets. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And it's market time brought to you by Rural Mutual Insurance. We'll roll right to our cash livestock. Choice-fed beef steers are 144 to 160, with mixed at 105 to 143 and a half. Choice-fed beef heifers are 144 to 161, with mixed at a dollar to a dollar 43 and a half. Choice-fed Holstein steers are 130 to 144, with select and silage-fed steers 86 to 129 and a half. Cows are 65 to 94, with bulls at 73 to 95. Butcher hogs are 40 to 71. Sows are 36 to 41 and a half. Boars are 20 to 32 and a half. Shorn market lambs are 132 to 137. Feeder lambs are 150 to 250. Ewes are 65 to 90. Small goats are 22 and a half to $190. Medium goats are 105 to $225. Large goats are 170 to 340 dollars with nanny goats at 40 to 240 dollars and we're going to roll on over to our futures markets and those these markets are all trending downward live cattle for february 155.95 down 85 cents april 159 12 and a half down a dollar 10 and june 156 down 87 and a half and our feeder cattle markets those are also trending downward January 178.10 down a dollar 40. March 180.10 down a dollar 62 and a half. April 185.15 down a dollar 15. And May 195.05 down 70 cents. And our lean hog carcasses also trending downward. February 76.65 down 67 and a half. April 84.40 down a dollar 80 and May 93.17 and a half down a dollar 27 and a half. And our Chicago Board of Trade for our March corn is heading, is trending downward a bit, is sitting at 6.74 down two and a half cents. Oats 3.69 up a fraction. Soybeans 15.15 up a half. Soybean meal 400. $73 a ton, up a dollar. And wheat for March, 824, down $0.08. Cents. And our dairy markets, barrels, 163.5, down $0.06.5. Cents. 40 pound blocks, 193, down $0.10.5. Our grade AA butter, 232 and a quarter, down four and three quarter cents. And our class three milk futures, January 1945, unchanged from yesterday. February down 14 cents to 18.13. March 18 dollars down 16 cents. April 18.30 down 11 cents. May 18.66 down 12 cents. And that market is trending downward. And that's our first look at markets sponsored by Rural Mutual Insurance. We better get on to some chores so we can get some other stuff done. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, I think I've got a little time here, so I'm going to 
run an audio that I got from, uh, oh, in December. But it was, I talked to USDA Farm Service Agency Administrator Zach DeShono. He's from South Dakota. And he talked a bit about loans, and I found it very interesting. I caught up with the USDA Farm Service Agency Administrator, Zach Ducheneau. You were the keynote speaker, and one of the things you talked about was loans and changing up some of those loans. Let's just rip the Band-Aid off. What are you thinking? I think we need to empower our local loan officers to feel as though they're supported in reaching further and doing more to help producers by offering our best deal at the beginning of the conversation instead of holding it close to the vest until market disruptions, disasters, or something else facilitates the need for it. I think if we look towards using our farm loan programs to help producers amass working capital that's at their disposal, we're doing the most possible to build resilience in those operations. You mentioned disaster assistance, relief. Mm-hmm. You know, how does that all work into the loan process? So those are safety net programs that are available to all producers. And producers that are in our loan programs by virtue of our approach to farm lending are currently among the most economically vulnerable producers in the country because in order to get in the door, oftentimes they've had to prove they can't get credit elsewhere. So emergency relief and disaster programs are even more critical to those producers to augment their opportunity to produce using our farm loan tools. Every bit as important as they are for producers that have already had the good fortune to be in the programs and farming for several generations. Looking a little bit ahead here, and you talked about changing up, getting more informed with the local offices. How do you think that's going to work out? Uh, We're messaging at every chance we get. We have empowered a bunch of stakeholder groups around the country, what we call cooperators, nonprofit organizations, non-governmental entities, through cooperative agreements where we will provide financial resources for them to provide services to producers to help them access our programs. And we hope that our local staff see those folks as an ally on behalf of the producer. I know from firsthand experience, being one of those cooperators back in the the early 2010s, that sometimes you're seen as an adversary when you come in with a producer. And we want our staff to understand this is a tool. We hope you use it because it's going to make all of our jobs easier. The 2023 Farm Bill, what do you think that's going to look like? I think, you know, there's a lot of uh, speculation and uncertainty about it. I think we're going to get there. I think agriculture in rural America is one thing that we can unite around, and we can also unite around the importance of those nutrition programs to feed people that are hungry because that's something that is inherent in every farmer. We want to feed people. So I think we're going to get there have a good farm bill, and continue to make some progress towards helping rural America. And that was USDA Farm Service Agency Administrator Zach DeShono. He's from South Dakota. He had a lot to say, and he was very personable, so it was kind of neat to see him down at that 
that convention in December. Well, we've got to keep moving here and get a few more chores done. And we're going to be hearing from Amy Freeberg. She's part of the National Hay Association. Bob caught up with her at World Dairy Expo. And she talked a little bit about looking for hay. Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, if you want to buy hay, there are places to buy it and organizations that deal in just that commodity, the National Hay Association being one of those. Here at World Area Expo, Amy Freeberg is with us from the association. And, uh, Amy, this is not a, a Johnny-come-lately organization. Been around a while. Yes, it's been around a long time. We're celebrating our 127th going into our 128th year, and the National Hay folks have met annually every year with the exception of a couple of years. So we're just coming off of our big annual meeting that was in Toledo, Ohio. What were the issues, the concern that hay growers, when you're in Ohio, that's a lot different than uh, when you're out west in Wyoming and Idaho, some of those other hay-producing areas. What was the discussion, and how... I guess, national are these concerns? Oh, the concerns are national for sure. Um, I think the country as a whole was pretty dry. And for those of us that have irrigation, and there's a lot of us in the valleys where we raise a lot of the hay-producing parts of the United States, there's a, there's water, but now they're talking about limiting the water. They're talking about the aquifers being much lower. I will say that my husband and I have been farming almost 50 years now, and what goes around comes around, and so as the country is really, really dry, I can just foresee that time when Mother Nature starts to dump water on us again, and then we're going to be really wet, because that's what happens. But for right now, we have to work with what we have, and what we have is limited moisture. How much limited moisture, and what are they talking about as far as water restrictions as we get into the uh, end of this cropping year and the next cropping year. Okay, so it's a little bit different where we live. We live in South Dakota, and so there's a pretty good size aquifer underneath us. That's different than the people in Colorado and the people in, like, Arizona and New Mexico and California. Those are the people that that are lower on, on rainfall overall, and they don't have the avenues for water that we have where we live. But that doesn't mean that overall we're not all suffering the same because we didn't get the rain this year. For those of us that have irrigation, you can irrigate, but irrigation water is just like water in your plants. It's a world of difference when you have water out of the sky. Half an inch of rainwater makes all the difference in the world. You can put, you know, an inch of water on out of the irrigator and it's just different. The, th- the difference is when it rains, all your corners and everything is growing. Whereas when you're irrigating, your corners are really dry and you lose production. And you need that production over the whole field. Overall, I think what people are saying is we're probably down on alfalfa and and forage in general in the United States. As you look at, uh, you're talking about the Ogallala Aquifer? Yes. So how does that work? I know out west, California and out in some of the valleys, the water rates out there are really restrictive. What about... 
around the Ogallala Aquifer. How does that work? So this is well water that comes out of the aquifer, and so you pay into put you pay to put your own well down, and you pay to get the water out. Whether you use you use electricity or you use diesel fuel or whatever your means of different than people that buy theirs out west. They actually buy that water. Although here, you know, it's not like we don't buy it. We have to put the well down and you have your, all your costs and all your irrigation costs. And this year, I tell you what, it being having the irrigation was a full-time job for a man in the group. It pulled him away from things that he should have been doing or could have been doing. Making hay, tending to your row crops. We rotate the corn and the beans. So a little bit different. It's it's all the same. It all comes out in the wash, let's say. It's just a different way of getting water on the field. You talked about uh, maybe a little shorter crop this year, and as we followed the crop progress reports during the growing season, we did see that uh, South Dakota had its challenges and still having its challenges as far as cropping. But as far as those uh, hay yields, and I know a lot of that hay in South Dakota gets wheels under it and it comes this way, how short was the crop, or was it a concern? It was it was a consistent crop for the amount of water that we had, and so you know if we would normally get like we always get four cuttings, occasionally we'll get a fifth. Um, there's fields that you know maybe didn't even get that really good fourth on it. Um, tonnages overall, I'm going to say, are just down because of just the way it is. And there's a lot of there's a new market in the last few years for a lot of grass in the ration. Okay, grass fields aren't normally irrigated, especially those like down in Nebraska and in middle to western South Dakota. That's not typically something that they do. And grass, if it doesn't have water on it, it's got that shallow root system and it just dries up and goes away. So if you're getting water out of the sky, you'll get like a second or a third crop on that grass with your alfalfa in it. If you're not getting water from above and you don't have irrigation, it's that grass especially is not going to come back. So what are we seeing as far as the price differential this year moving hay from South Dakota, say, into Wisconsin with a little shorter crop? And we know all farm inputs are up this year. Has it affected price much? What's What's been the key there is the transportation. So transportation, I mean, there was a time when you couldn't buy a truck to transport from us to you over here in Wisconsin. Trucks, there's more trucks on the market right now. Like, I have a lot more transportation companies calling me. Um, the, the key, I mean, we're paying a lot more money for transportation to begin with. And then because we're on the dry side, that makes the hay uh, a better quality. If you're getting rained on hay all the time, that that just goes in the lesser quality pile. So since we didn't get as much rain, the quality is high quality anyway. So you're going to sort of be at the top of the market already with that. But, you know, for a company like ourselves, we've been in business almost 50 years, and we're going to take care of all those dairies that normally take care of us anyway. They're here whether we have rain on hay or we don't have hay. So we're going to make sure those people get their hay because they have cows to feed and we're the people that supply to them. I think you're going to see a lot of the people looking at their inventory and saying, okay, who do I know most need to take care of here? And then and then helping the other people out as you can. And and we're going to be no different than that. But, but 
our particular customers, they talk about their hay clear back in May before you even know what the summer's going to be, and they put their order in. So it's already been priced and ordered back then. Amy Freeberg is with us, a South Dakota hay producer with the National Hay Association. And Amy, one of the things we're seeing in Wisconsin is fewer, fewer alfalfa acres. What are we seeing around the country? Members of the association saying, are we pretty stable, say, where you're at in South Dakota and other parts of the country? The dairy industry is changing. It is, um, and so they're adding other other alternatives into the feeding ration other than just hay. And, and the thing about haying, it takes a special type of equipment to make the hay. So once you quit making hay, if you sell your equipment, you're probably not going to go back into it again. And so we saw that a few years ago when corn and beans got high. Some of the producers said, okay, I'm just going to go with the corn and beans and I'm done with the hay, and they sold their equipment. Those guys aren't necessarily going to come back in, but the people who, in our area, we have heavy soil and we really need that rotation. And that hay is a great rotational crop for our ground. And so, you know, it just kind of depends on what your predicament is, but there's a lot of commercial hay growers down there that sort of backed off of putting hay in because the corn and beans were so high. Now that that kind of moderated back then, last year, the year before, we saw some more hay acres go in again. And and if you look at it from our perspective, it's just more about soil health, and the, and hay is a great product to send through. We we have outlets for the hay. It's good for the ground. So we're probably never going to back off. We've got as many hay acres this year as we've had in the last 10 years. Just our own company. From the national perspective, though, uh, we're in good shape. We're not going to run out of hay anytime soon. Or are there some areas that are of concern? Yeah, it's hard for me to say because I because I don't live there and I don't really watch it like I watch my own area. Um, I think what I'm hearing, the reduced amount of tonnages is coming off of the the less watered area, the droughtier areas. I, I From my perspective, I think that's true. But, um, again, if you check the acres, it might be that we're just down, have fewer acres of hay. We're not going to run out this winter. we got plenty of winter feed? I hope so. So do I. Amy, thank you. <laughs> and that was Bob talking to Amy Freeberg down at the... World Dairy Expo, talking hay, talking about the importance of it and keeping keeping the animals fed. We're going to start rolling through. We've got a bunch of chores left to do, and then we'll be hearing either my news or news from Morgan shortly. Keeping it rural. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, it's time for some farm news. U.S. Representative Derek Van Orden from West Salem and Wisconsin's 3rd Congressional District District was named to sit on three House of Representatives committees. He was appointed to the House of Representatives Agriculture Committee, Transportation and Infrastructure Committee, and the Veterans Affairs Committee. The Ag Committee is tasked with the development of the upcoming Farm Bill and oversees policies that affect farmers and agriculture workers. One of the largest committees... Transportation and Infrastructure is tasked with overseeing railroads, pipelines, highways, waterways like the Mississippi River, and rural infrastructure. And I think they've been awfully busy lately, you know, with the railroad strikes and and uh, the level of the Mississippi River. Van Orden's third committee appointment is the Veterans Affairs Committee. This committee oversees veteran 
benefits and evaluates the operations of the Department of Veterans Affairs. U.S. corn export prospects look to be less than last season. According to USDA Chief Economist Seth Meyer, 2023 corn exports are predicted to be 1.93 billion bushels, 150 million bushels less than the previous estimate, and 550 million bushels less than last year. Corn exports in 2023 are also the lowest since the 2019-2020 crop year. Two reasons listed are tighter corn supplies in the U.S. and the current lagging of export sales. A third reason listed is the high price of U.S. corn, an average of $6.70 per bushel. Wisconsin Outstanding Young Farmers finalists. Weekend is planned for January 27th through the 29th at the Holiday Inn in Manitowoc. Nine farm couples will be competing for the title of the 2023 Wisconsin Outstanding Young Farmer Award. Candidates will be interviewed, tested, and evaluated by a panel of judges. Winners will be chosen based on their agriculture career, soil and water conservation programs, and community involvement at the local, state, and national level. The top couple will be nominated to attend the National Outstanding Young Farmer Awards Congress in February 2024. Finalists from our area are Adam and Melissa Bauman from Marathon, Travis and Melissa Marty from Vesper, Dustin Schultz from Eau Claire, and Tristan and Megan Schwartz from Gilman. Good luck to all competitors. We better get, oop, maybe we'll slide on over and see if Mike is ready for us. I see he's off the TV, so Mike, are you there? Always here, Jill. Well, I know you're always there, but sometimes I'm not ready for you. That's fair, but uh, you can get ready for a rather quiet weather pattern in the wake of yesterday's winter storm, because we'll have a mainly cloudy sky today, possibly a few peaks of sunshine, but that cloud cover is going to take us through the weekend, and we'll have highs mostly into the mid-20s. A little warmer on Monday into the low 30s, but then we start to pull back on the temperatures, still quiet through most of the week. And uh, then we start to get into the upper teens and low 20s for our highs by Thursday. And, well, looking beyond that, could even have highs that are well below average. But at the moment, we do have a mostly cloudy sky, a few flurries, and a temperature of 25 degrees in Eau Claire. Well, I think it's temperature isn't really moving around for us much when we start out in the morning, is it? Nope, the thermometers have been getting a bit of a break. And that's okay. That is okay. All right. Well, thank you. Have a good weekend. You too, Jill. And that was Mike from TV13. We're going to be sliding over to Morgan with the local news. Good morning, Morgan. Oh, hang on. We better do some chores first. My technology isn't cooperating. 855-51-BIBLE. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, now I've got my buttons all in the right place, and we'll be hearing from Morgan. Good morning, Morgan. Good morning. Well, here's what we're learning today. We'll start nearer to us in La Crosse as there's an investigation into a jail death in that county. Guards found a 28-year-old man unresponsive in a cell early yesterday morning. The inmate was rushed to the hospital but did later die. La Crosse County Sheriff has tapped the sheriff in Trempolo County to handle that investigation. Looking into other headlines that stretch the state, the FBI offers a $25,000 reward for information about last spring's firebombing at a pro-life office in Madison. With 715 Newsroom coverage, John DeMaster brings us more. 
Wisconsin Family Action yesterday said it's about time the FBI took the firebombing at its office seriously. Nobody was hurt when somebody tossed two Molotov cocktails into the Family Action office last May. A group called Jane's Revenge took credit for the attack a few days later. Wisconsin Family Action yesterday said in the eight months since their office was firebombed, there have been at least 78 other attacks on pro-life offices across the country. I'm John DeMaster. Well, the numbers have been crunched, and you might save some cash. Eau Claire schools say their nearly $100 million tax hike won't be as expensive as first thought. City District yesterday did announce that, saying that homeowners in Eau Claire will save some money, about 200 bucks off that original expectation. You can find more information online, 715newsroom.com. On the political stage, voters will decide if they want to change how bail works in Wisconsin. The State Assembly yesterday approved the constitutional amendment that will allow judges to consider more things specifically a suspect's criminal history, when deciding whether to let them out of jail. We'll show you different sides so you can decide. On the debate floor, Milwaukee Democrat Evan Goyke argued against the proposal and and for pretrial detention. I support pretrial detention. I support people that pose a public safety risk being held in custody. But when we make that decision and that measure solely about money, we allow a subgroup of people the opportunity to buy their way out of jail. And we'll show you different sides so you can decide. As the amendment's author, Delafield Republican Cindy Dukow, said pretrial detention has been on the books for decades in Wisconsin, but has never been used and that the idea is to protect communities and keep dangerous people behind bars. Voters, you'll have your say in April. You can get ready to drop the tip-ups. Wisconsin is opening lakes and rivers to anyone with a fishing pole. Free fishing weekend from the DNR. You can head out tomorrow and Sunday without a license or stamps for trout and salmon. The DNR saying the idea is to DNR saying the idea is to allow people a chance to experience the joy of fishing in all seasons. Just want to make sure you check the ice levels though across the state. They're not thick in all areas. Just plan to be careful if you head out to the shacks. More info online with the click at 715newsroom.com. And if you still feel like you're paying off some of those bills from the holidays, turns out we were more about memories than money. Bills between November and December did grow by 5.3% year over year, but that was below the NRF's prediction of 6 to 8%. In other terms, spending was projected to fall between $942.6 billion and $960.4 billion. It topped out at $936.3 billion. The results of the season reflect the challenges ahead as Americans continue to pay more for necessities like groceries and housing. I'm Mark Neath. But maybe you're getting some of those uh, eggs from your own chicken coop and milk from the bulk tank this morning as we head back to the barn with Jill Welke in the Midwest Farm Show on Wax 104.5. Well, I agree. Whenever I go out to my chicken house, which they did really good yesterday, I got 14 little gold pieces coming out of there. So I'm kind of pleased with that. We better get through some more chores. We've got uh, Alyssa Seafeld here in the house to tell us some about feed after a bit. But, you know, we always have these chores to do. Agriculture. It's a Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. We're at 17 minutes before 6 o'clock. It's 23, 24 degrees out there. Not a lot of difference in my book. And it is time to hear from Jim Lindsay and Equity El Tuna. Choice beef steers and heifers $1.25 to $1.46. Choice dairy cross steers and heifers $1.25 to $1.44. High yielding choice and prime Holstein steers $1.33 to $1.40. Choice Holstein steers $1.20 to $1.32. Select underfinished heavyweight oversized steers and heifers $1.19 and down. Top 20% of the cold cows sold from 72 to 82 at a top of 86. 
60 percent of the cows sold from 55 to 71 the bottom 20 percent of the cows sold from 54 and down organic market from tuesday 80 percent of the organic cows sold from 85 to a dollar 20 bottom 20 percent of organic cows sold from 84 and down co bulls sold from 70 to a dollar thin full horn and lightweight bulls all discounted 80 percent of the 95 pound and Upholstein bull calves sold from $30 to $130 per head. Light and poor quality calves sold from $30 per head and down. Quality beef calves sold from $100 to $220 per head. Our next special feeder sale is this Friday, January 20th here at the Altoona Market. Starting at noon, we are expecting 300 to 350 head of feeders for this sale as well as 20 to 25 bred beef cows. There will be a lot of good weaned vaccinated beef calves and Holstein steers. All feeder sales are live on Cattle USA. If you have any questions about how to register as a bidder on Cattle USA or to consign cattle to upcoming sale, feel free to give us a call at 715 715- 835-3104. To check out our early consignments, go to the Equity Livestock Market consignment page and click on the Altoona Market. This has been Jim Lindsay reporting from Equity Livestock in Altoona. Have a great day. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And our staple of the morning, Jerry Fitzgerald is on the horn here from Equity Stratford. You said it's a little bit breezy up your way, huh? Joe, good morning. Yeah, we got a little breeze this morning and a little bit of light snow over the uh, uh, evening hours or whatever, early morning hours. But, uh, you know, I was uh, thinking about something before you were talking that you had mentioned. Uh, you had t- spoken to Bob or got a text or whatever. You know, it's uh, kind of ironic. He's in Hawaii, and we've got one of the warmest Januaries on record here in Wisconsin. When he comes back in February, it'll probably be much, much colder for normal. <laughs> well, he comes back for just a little bit, and then he goes back to California. So I think he'll oh. just kind of get broke into the cooler weather, and then he'll be back to California, or he'll be going out to California. So, uh, Well, I don't know if I'd be going to California right now with all the problems they got out there. You know? No, you better wear your raincoat. <laughs> yeah, and big boots. Yep. All right. Well, well enough the about the... Yeah, we better do that. Jill, thank you, and good morning, everyone. A summary from uh, yesterday and this past week here at Equity Stratford. We'll start out with the cow market. Uh, uh, cow market on definitely higher trend here at the middle of the end of the week here. High-yielding, fleshy, Holstein and beef cows on the close. We're selling from 77 to 95. Extreme top of the cows did reach 99. That was on Wednesday's auction. Uh, most of the cows this week sold between 57 and 77. Thinner cows like carcass cows below 57. And I'm sure some of this was, of course, related to the weather conditions. On the organic market this week, uh, on Tuesday, we sell those on Tuesday. High-yielding organic cows selling from a dollar to a dollar twenty. Now, getting back to more conventional type cattle on the fed cattle trade this week, choice grading Holstein steers from one twenty three to one thirty five. Select cattle under finished cattle one twenty and below. On the bull market this week, your better quality bulls from uh, eighty five up to one hundred one. Lighter bulls eighty two and below. Calf market uh, this week. Uh, uh, very strong on Monday's auction. The bull calves on the close, mostly from 50 to 175. A lot of bull calves on Monday sale from 175 up to 235. Heifer calves this week, mostly 30 to 80. Beef calves, again, in very strong demand, 150 to 300 on the close. Again, on Monday's auction, a lot of beef calves from 300 up to a top of 380. And taking a look next week, full marketing week uh, uh, for next week here at Equity Stratford, of course. Our next hay sale will be next Tuesday, and our next feeder cattle sale will be next Wednesday. And again, information on our website, upcoming uh, sales, uh, Equity Co-op, click on the Stratford page, and you'll have that. And if you got any questions, 715-687-4101. So, Jill, that's what we have for the folks this morning. You have a nice weekend. 
Take it easy, and uh, we'll talk to you and uh, Kristen on Monday morning. Yep, we'll be back in the house. Well, that's very good, and it's kind of a blasé weather forecast. I get nothing real too exciting, is there? I'm okay with that. I kind of would like some sun to be seen pretty quick here, though. Uh, wouldn't that be nice? But uh, how are we, how we going to deal with the sun? We haven't had it for two weeks. <laughs> I can get used to it real quick. Do you have sunscreen? We don't, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have a good weekend as well, Jerry. You too, Jill. Thank you much. <laughs> And that was Jerry Fitzgerald from Equity Stratford. We're going to be looking at our markets, but before we get to there, I was going to re-mention there's a free fishing weekend this weekend. Go to the DNR website to find out more. If You don't need a license, you don't need the stamps, and you can enjoy fishing in Wisconsin in the wintertime. And if you're hungry tonight... Head out out to the St. Olaf's Men's Club. It's the all-you-can-eat fish fry tonight, serving from 4 to 7 o'clock. They have menu for the sit-down meal. They also have walk-up and carry-outs available. And that's at the St. Olaf Parish in Eau Claire. All-you-can-eat fish fry. Let's roll on over to our markets, Chicago Board of Trade. And our crude oil prices, I know Bob always likes to talk about them, and I noticed that the prices were up at the pump again. They're up about 17 cents to over $80 a barrel for crude oil. So that's why we're paying more for our gas, I guess. Corn for March, 6.74, down 2.5 cents. Oats, 3.69, up a fraction. Soybeans, 15.15 for March, up a fraction. Soybean meal for March, Four hundred seventy-three dollars a ton, up a dollar. And wheat, March wheat is at eight twenty-four, down eight cents. And our country elevator prices: wheat and grain of Chippewa Falls, six twenty for corn, fourteen fifty-five for soybeans. Connorsville, six twenty and fourteen fifty. Golden Plump in Arcadia, six forty-eight. Baldwin, six twenty-seven and fourteen forty-three. Durand, six twenty-two and fourteen thirty-eight. Mondovi six twenty seven for corn and fourteen forty two for soybeans. Elmwood six twenty seven and fourteen forty seven. Fall Creek sixteen six thirteen for corn and fourteen twenty two for soybeans. Osseo six thirty two and fourteen forty seven. Elk Mound six twenty two and fourteen forty six. Sparta six nineteen and fourteen thirty seven. Ellsworth six oh three and thirteen ninety three. Northside Elevator of Loyal six twenty and fourteen forty four. Arcadia location, 639 and 1446. At our ethanol plants, Boyceville, 644. Stanley, 637 for corn. And New Richmond, 633. And our dairy markets, they kind of took a hit yesterday. Barrels, 163.5, down 6.5 cents. 40 pound blocks, 193, down 10.5 cents. Gray double A butter, 232 and a quarter, down 4 and 3 quarters. Class 3 milk futures. January 1945, unchanged from yesterday. February 1830, down 14 cents. March $18, down 16 cents. April, down 11 cents to 1830. And May, $18.66, down $0.12. We're going to do a little bit more chores, and then we're going to be hearing from Alyssa Seafelt. Well, we're kind of doing a little bit different feature. I know that uh, Alyssa used to come in regularly and tell, you know, well, say that dirty word of COVID. But she's uh, 
willing to come in and visit with me on Friday mornings. So we've got Lissa Seafield. She's the ag educator out of Eau Claire County. And we're feeding cattle. We're feeding silage. We're feeding hay. Well, we can't just keep feeding it to them. We kind of keep need to keep an eye on it to see what's going on with it, don't we? Things that we really need to be paying attention to, um, especially when we're feeding silage or corn silage, is keeping an eye on um, how we're actually feeding that um, silage out because uh, if we're not careful, we can end up with uh, mold getting mixed into our feed and, you know, a little bit is okay. Our animals can handle that. But when we start getting into those higher levels, um, that's where we start to get into trouble. Um, you know, we can have um, issues with immune suppression. It'll affect our milk yields. There's all kinds of things that go with this. So we really need to um, pay attention to that. And sometimes over the winter, um, we can um, kind of forget about that um, because the cold temperatures usually um, inhibit that mold growth. But um, we have to remember, especially on our um, face, if we have <clears throat> a bunker silo or um, a bag that we're um, working through, that uh, that surface that's exposed to the air is once again starting up those uh, microbes to um, being able to um, degrade the nutrients that are present in our feed and also give those um, microbes that are creating those um, molds and mycotoxins that opportunity to really um, get going again, especially when we have those days where we're doing a lot of freeze and thaw. So we really have to pay attention to that um, face of that uh, silage bag or that silage pile so that we keep that a nice neat face that's a very even um, face we don't want to have a bunch of ragged you know juts out where there's a big chunk of feed kind of hanging out um, at one point and then the next little bit in is kind of you know a good good chunk in from where that other piece is because you start getting uh, uneven um, feeding out of that feed and that can create some issues for us. So um, we need to kind of keep, keep aware of that as we're feeding out. That's some really good advice. I know when I look at the silage pile, it's nice when it's nice and even because basically there's less area sticking out to be exposed, correct? Correct. Absolutely. You know, the goal when we're making silage um, is to reduce the anaerobic phase of, um, there's really two phases when we're creating silage. We have an anaerobic phase where the microorganisms are utilizing oxygen and they are creating um, carbon dioxide and water as byproducts. And we want to reduce that phase because that doesn't help us preserve our feed. Um, we really want to get to the anaerobic phase, which is where we um, don't have that oxygen present anymore. The microbes have eaten through all of that um, that's present in our forage. And that's why it's so important to keep that face nice and even um, and make sure that we're only grabbing um you know, the plastic off um, however far we need to feed in for that day um, and keep that fresh and going so that we're reducing that amount of feed that's exposed to the oxygen. Well, let's keep looking at our silage piles and keep those animals fed, keep them providing them with some healthy feed. And that was Alyssa Seafelt from Eau Claire County Extension. She's the ag educator and our temperatures today we're going to hang out right around where we're at now, right around the 25-degree mark. We should be losing our flurries out there hopefully pretty soon and give us a chance to clean up from yesterday. And that's what I have for you for the farm show this morning. We've got one more chore for you that will be coming through. But remember, 
Take care of yourself and take care of each other. And have a great weekend. You've been listening to the Midwest Farm Report. Available at WaxRadio.com in its entirety every day. Brought to you in part by Bluff Country Feed and Seed in Montovi. And the Chilson family of Ram dealerships, Chippewa Falls and Kadok. On-demand content at WaxRadio.com.